Welcome to the Blue Collar Nation podcast, the podcast dedicated to making the lives of blue collar service business owners better. My name is Eric Sprague, and I will be your host today, and I am here with my business partner, Larry Wilberton. Larry, how are you today? What's happening, Mr. Sprague? How is your day going? My day's great. Uh, this podcast is going to be a little different. You're probably hearing some ambient noise. We are driving to Vegas. Larry, why are we driving to Vegas? We're driving to Vegas to go to the Experience. Which is? Which is the carpet cleaner, water damage, floor cleaning? Yep, floor cleaning. Floor cleaning trade show on the West Coast. The biggest one on the West Coast. It's actually, I believe it's the biggest one in that industry for the year. But they have one in um, Clearwater or something like that too. Yeah, this one's bigger. It's so bigger. Of course, it's Vegas. Everything's bigger in Vegas. It is. And whatever happens here, Nobody will know about <laughs> as long as we don't podcast about it. So we might do that too. Yeah. So we're on our way to Vegas. We have a booth at the Experience. The water damage industry was was the industry that we were in for many years. So we have a lot of friends and acquaintances in the business. So it's going to be nice to see some old old friendly faces yeah, and meet some new ones. ones. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing a lot of people yeah. that we uh, knew over the years. You hear us talk about uh, Howard Partridge often. We're in his group, so we met many people there that we'll see today. And, um, and Piranha Marketing. And Piranha Marketing with Joe Polish as well. Many people there in the smaller lab as well with the people, which is going to be nice. So we'll connect with people that we've gone through some struggles with, their struggles, our struggles, and um, it's uh, going to be wonderful. And also we'll see a lot of local guys from... Uh, Ranch Cucamonga, Upland, maybe a guy from yeah. the Right. So that'll be nice. Gene, Mike, a bunch of guys will be here. So anyway, what we want to talk about today is the owner being in the way, us being our own worst enemy. You know, as we're driving up, we were, we were talking about how the fact was right when we started our business, somebody told us to come to this trade show. So we didn't really know anything about the industry. We didn't know anything about the trade show. So we just, being ambitious, we drove up and we spent a couple days and really just took in all the things that are are offered in the industry. But the reality was what really was benefiting us is we learned to get coaching. And we, we bought into the idea of being coached right away. We were both athletes growing up. So having a coach seemed like the smart thing if you want to get better you have somebody to, to train you to be better. But that doesn't mean, you can have all the coaching which you need, but in the end of the day, we're usually still the problem in our business. We always think that we, the owner, are the answer. And that the longer that we've been doing this and the more businesses that I've consulted with and the more people that we've talked with, The owner is the problem. The owner is in the way of growing. The owner's in the way of having the life that they really want. And Larry, why do you think that is? Well, it's just because it's, we're we're never trained on leadership. And um, I digress a little bit. What we talk about is, are your techs driving you crazy? That's our tagline, our catch line. For for our morning tech meeting business. Morning tech meeting business. And, um, it gets everybody's attention because that's generally what we found. The first thing you do when you talk to somebody, hey, how's your business going? The first thing you're saying, yeah, it's great, but these texts are driving me crazy. So 
that's a great tagline, but what we are teaching and what we know underneath is that the techs, yeah, they probably drive you crazy, but you drive them crazy too as an owner and developing your leadership skills. Well, and, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you're driving them crazy, but you're not getting the result. That If they're driving you that crazy, the problem is probably all you yeah, if you have tech, because you're not tech, training tech, them right? you're not doing the things that's required to get them to grow you know a lot of a lot of the owners have this kind of king complex where only they know the answers and everything needs to go through them or run by them and you know, a lot of that is just it's their baby and they started it in their garage and they just they take such a personal ownership that they don't let their guys grow and I think that's a huge huge problem because then you can't scale on any level yeah developing your guys it's in theory it's the best idea to do but many people we just don't know how it took us years and years yeah. to figure it out trial and error trial and error well and let's talk about us because we're certainly not perfect in any way and even with all the coaching we still really struggled with this and I think you know, coaching is like therapy for business owners. You can't just go get coached for a week or two and then think you got all the information that goes away. I mean, it's an ongoing process. And we struggle with that. You and I struggled with completely different issues in the business. Totally. And, um, yeah, I was, um, I was a logjam effect in operations and management. I should have just stayed out of that in hindsight, just marketed. Well, but you were, in reality, you were a bigger logjam in marketing because you weren't doing it. Yeah, well, it wasn't because I was trying to jump in and help in everyone else's box, which Howard tried to get me to get out of doing. But I thought I was, but in hindsight, I could have stayed out of a lot of boxes. And you told me many times just to go out and market. And because it was our business, I was... Compelled, I was compelled to uh, to get in there and help the guys and help the clients and put out fires and react. Well, the reality, the reality was, and you know, we've talked about this many times. They didn't need nor want your help. No. They actually would have probably been better off if you hadn't jumped in. I mean, of course, when there was a real issue, yeah, we wanted you to jump in because you're really good with clients, but. We needed you to hang back and wait for when that actually happened. And you were so afraid of having your reputation be tarnished by having an issue. You would try to jump in, jump way, in too way too much and too early. So well, and then, that's many times, that's a lot of problems with the typical blue collar service business owner that they don't absolutely. get out of the way. So I was the regular guy that just needed to stay out of the way owner that was launching so yeah well I mean you wanted to be in control of everything and as you try to scale up that's really hard and it doesn't work you know well and the reality too was and I think I'm using you as an example but we see this with people that we are consulting for many people yeah so I they think they're helping but they're actually worse at those jobs than the people that they're trying to quote unquote fix. Because yeah, they might've done that job on a daily basis in the first year or two of their business. But then as an owner starts to grow, they become 
a generalist. You're a little bit good at everything, but you're not really great at anything. So the person who's a technician every day, they're actually better at it than, than you or I were. Yeah, and we didn't, I didn't trust the technicians like I should have. And they would have done a much better job had I trusted them more. And the ones that told me to get out of there, they triggered me. They're like, oh yeah, I need to, oh shit, sorry. And I'd get out of there, but it didn't happen enough. I, I need to re- be reminded way too much. Daily. Daily. <laughs> Hourly. Sometimes. Yeah, but you know, Larry, I mean, that scenario that you're talking about, and we overcame it, but you were the classic blue collar service business owner that we meet every day. The guy that just everything had to come through you, even though we didn't really need that. And we, we see it all the time. Now I had my own issues. I was all the way the other way. All I thought about was systems and scaling and training, figuring that if I built enough systems and I did a morning meeting every day and I trusted my managers that I wouldn't have to be involved, you know, because I was only interested in growth. So that that has a negative effect too, because then I'm not inspecting all the things that, you know, Howard always would say, don't expect what you don't inspect. So I wouldn't follow up. I'm a huge big picture person. So I'd be like, you go here, you go here, you go here. And I would never think about it again. I think fewer owners that we run into have that issue, but it's still an issue. And, you know, I think part of that is because I came from a background where I worked in a business where the owner was turnkey. So I had already seen what, at least in my mind, it should look like. And I was like, why can't we get there? And then what happened was, I mean, even though we were successful in the end, you and I worked against each other all the time because you're trying to play small and I'm trying to play big. So that doesn't work. And you know, what did that leave for our guys? Frustration. They weren't sure what to do. Yeah, I'm telling them one message, you know, don't call me unless, you know, there's a big problem. And when you call me, have a couple proposed solutions and I'll guide you down the road of which one to choose. And your thing instead, I mean, I remember perfectly technicians call me saying, can you tell Larry to stop calling me? I'm trying to do my work. And you'd just be calling them, calling them, calling them. What's going on? How you doing? And that would drive them nuts. You're trying to be helpful. No, I know, but it just didn't come off that way to them. They they just, A, wanted to do their work, but B, they didn't feel that you trusted them. So then the culture goes down. And then for me, the opposite effect was they felt like I just left them hanging in the wind to, you know, succeed or fail on their own merit. So luckily we had good guys in the long run that did a good job, created the business that we were able to sell. And overall it went, in the long run it went okay. But in hindsight, if we could do it over again, we would empower these guys more, train them more, let them go do the job on their own. And we'd behave differently. Yeah. It starts with us. You know. um, Follow through with what we're teaching them. Well, how we overcame that, and that's how this businessmorningtechmeeting.com started, was we realized that we were do- we were at least self-aware to realize we were doing it. So what I started doing was really teaching the guys every morning, you know, in a 15, 20-minute lesson, 
especially about our personalities. So they ended up really knowing who I was and what made me tick and who you were and what made you tick. And then they learned about each other as well. So that made it easier for them to manage us. I mean, we didn't just manage them, they managed us as well. Well, it was we reinforced the basic principles of business to ourselves as you were training them. Yeah. So they were able to communicate back with us and we were able to realize, you know, the basics. It's just like the same thing we keep coming back to is a Michael Jordan three throw. The Tiger Woods putting over and over and over and over. You have to keep practicing the basics to make a big difference in who you are and what you do. It always comes back to the basics. Yeah. Well, and that's training. And, you know, too many guys in those trades, plumbing, electrical, remodel contractors, water damage, carpet, whatever. I mean, we all kind of do the same thing as far as going in homes, treating clients. What they don't recognize, and I, this is going to sound like me beating a dead horse. I talk about it all the time, but I really think it's the biggest problem. They don't recognize that they're taking generally very young guys who don't have a lot of life skills yet people skills, self-awareness, like nobody taught them that in school. Nobody, you know, a lot of the people that, you know, we had working for us over the years and our peers as well, they didn't have, a lot of the guys didn't have great family structures. So, you know, we relied on a lot of our guidance just to teach them. Yeah. But what, if you, but what if you have a company where you're providing no guidance? We provided a lot of guidance and that's the point. You know, it's like the owner thinks, we see this all the time. The owner thinks, well, I figured it out, so why can't they? Yeah, and it takes a lot more effort to get to these guys, to create the connection, to create the relationship where they're going to do a great job. And you still have to put that effort in it. I don't want a relationship with my guys. Some owners will say, I don't need to know all my guys so well. Well, no, you don't, but you need to connect with them so that they do a good job, so they focus on the business, so they care, so they want to do a good job. And well, that that's a culture thing that you're talking about. And I couldn't agree with you more that, you know, the, the better you all know each other and, and get along as a team, the better the company will be. I'm just talking from a training standpoint. You know, you're sending very young technicians often who might be good at the actual work, but you're sending them to homes where, you know, they, all different cultures of people, all different people on the socioeconomic scale, you know, complicated jobs, uh, you know, what happens if problems arise? And they're not trained in those soft skills, those great communication skills to manage that job. So, you know, and we've done that. I mean, that's how we came upon doing the soft skills training. We just saw that that was the weak point. And so many guys are just like, I don't have time for that. I, you know, I need to go make money. Well, we all, we all need to go make money, but. You need to pick up your head. And this is what we were talking about ourselves. You grind, you grind, you grind, you got your head down, you work, you grind. You got to pick up your head and look around and say, how can I do this differently? How can I have a better life, have a better business? Pick it up your head and go, okay, I've got a couple problems here. Generally, it's a self-reflection problem. Yeah. Understanding who you are and what you're portraying to 
your team and your family. And, I mean, we could, that's a whole other podcast in itself. You're working around the clock and what your family thinks about you and what you're doing to your family. But as far as picking up your head and seeing how you can benefit your team and well, these meetings, we found these meetings work wonderful for us. 10 minutes a day, transform the business. And it was yeah. great. But, you know, I think one of the big things was is that we were willing to, and you you always talk to me about this, we were willing to show the team our vulnerabilities. We were willing to talk with them openly after we started doing training about self-awareness and our social skills and our personalities. We were able to share with them, look, you know, I struggle with these things. You know that. So as we move forward, if I'm doing X, Y, or Z that's not good, you need to be able to talk to me in a respectful manner, but say, hey, you know, remember how we talked about this in the meeting a week ago? You're doing that. And, you know, I used to tell everybody, and I meant this, I used to, you've heard me say it, everybody in the company was better at their job than I was, except for the job that I had. You know, nobody else was able to do the one job that I had, but I couldn't, you know, I couldn't do everything that they could. I mean, could I clean a carpet? Yeah. Could I clean a carpet better than our best technician? I don't even think I could clean a carpet better than our worst technician. You know, I hadn't cleaned carpets in years. Uh, Same with water damage. Yeah, I know some stuff, but you know, the guys who are doing it every day, just, they know more. So I have, you know, I had to let them know that because that builds them up. And then we use them as a resource and defer to their expertise. I think most of the owners feel really uncomfortable with that because they get this complex, like I need to be the best at every single thing in this business or people won't respect me. Do they already know you're not the best? So they'll respect you more, don't you think, Larry, if you just show some vulnerability? That's the whole thing. And the vulnerability goes a long way. And I practice this a lot. You can probably see on the podcast that I am uh, more clownish and more acceptable of being, being myself. And con- and you're more acceptable? Just, Do you mean that you're more acceptable than me? Wow, how am I explaining this? I'm <laughs> jacking this all up. Anyway, be vulnerable and I'll shut up. But the thing is, even if the plumber or the HVAC, the owner, is the best at his trade, he's training his guys, he's bringing them up, jumping in and in front of them and being the logjam still is a problem. If you're a business owner, be a business owner. If you want to be a tech in the field, be a tech in the field. You don't you operate. You can't be both at the same time. No. And, you know, and I think a lot of owners fall prey to this thing where they they really believe that they're better than everybody else at everything in the business, and that nobody can do it as well as them. They're hamstring themselves. And you know. Why would you want to be the best at everything? Let somebody else be the best at something. Give yourself a break. Well, I think that's also when you have that being. The, the reality is, too, they're fooling themselves. They're not the best. They just keep telling themselves that nobody knows how to do it like they know it. To, I don't know if that's a low self-esteem thing or an ego thing or, or whatever, but we see that all the time. And that is the biggest thing. They don't trust that they're going to do a good job as them. 
and you don't trust that they're going to do a good job as them, you're not going to believe that they're doing as good a job as them. I think owners, and, and we've been guilty of this, and I think it's human nature too, we are too hard on the people that work for us and hold them to expectations that we could never meet, and we're too easy on ourselves for the problems that we cause. Yes. And we were totally guilty of that a lot. Oh, yeah. I thought I was the greatest carpet cleaner that ever lived for a certain period of time. And then I went back on the truck with a couple of the guys and realized they were so much better than me. And I had to eat crow because I'd always act like I knew the answer to everything, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and when I did that, the result for our business was so much better because now they're empowered. You know what you were good at? You weren't maybe the best carpet cleaner, but you were able to guide them to become the best carpet cleaner. And then when they ran into a problem and they weren't sure, you were able to coach them along to realize what a good carpet cleaner they were right. and they could solve that problem. So being a leader was way more valuable than being a great carpet cleaner and telling them what right. to do. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is that, you know, there's there's a difference between being a leader and a manager. I was a good leader and probably not much of a manager because I'm so big picture, right? So that's hard. You have to have somebody else in the role that you're not good at, you know, and then train them. Yep. So now, you know, we, we fell into roles after being in business so many years, but I mean, think of how, long it took us to get it right where we were vulnerable and had our head up and really started appreciating our people for how awesome they really were. Yeah, I mean, it that took a long time and it made a big difference in the business. It took too long actually because we just wanted to grind. We just wanted to grind and we find ourselves doing this now with this blue collar nation. Uh, I think a lot of owners have that mentality where they mistake activity for accomplishment. So it's like, yeah, I worked 14 hours today. Yeah, but what did you get done? You know, what what happened to make the business better? It's efficiency versus effectiveness because I'm always trying to be more efficient. But if you're efficient, doing nothing generates any income. What's you said, you have to be effective at what your goal is, getting to your goal. So, you know, look, I'm going to, I'm going to plug our, I'm going to plug right now. So I'm trying to sell you something right now. (laughs) Everybody. (laughs) Well, no, we learned the hard way, you know, and that, you know, our mentors, it was the same thing for them. They learned the hard way and we offer something that, look, most business owners are not going to take the time to go make a whole, you know, a daily lesson on the soft skills that are going to make their whole life better, their life better and the business better. But somehow along the road, I realized that that was one of my strength zones and I really enjoyed doing it. So, you know, the morning meeting became my favorite part of the day every day because I love to see them grow. And the more they grew, the better our lives were. Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. It made it easier on us. It was nice coming to work with people that were happy to be there. Well, and, and when you're doing that, the, the good guys who really buy into that whole culture thing, they weed out the guys who aren't great. Yeah. And they brought a couple of them along that might not have made it. 
because yeah, we had some big turnarounds. Yeah, exactly, which was one which we didn't see at all. How many times were we ready to fire somebody? But that guy's gone Monday. Forget about it. And all of a sudden, he turned around the next two days. He hit, hit that corner. Like, well, and I think what would happen too is the other guys, like the managers, would know that you and I were getting really frustrated with that person because they weren't buying in and they weren't doing the things and we were pouring ourselves into them and they just didn't seem to get it. And I think when the guys would come in and say, look, guy, you're going to get fired. Like you, you not buying in, you won't last here. So, you know, I think when it came from their peers, because we had already got the peers to buy in, it was more powerful for a few of those guys that were, harder headed <laughs> and it worked out well so um, that's the thing that we try and push is the morning tech meeting only because it works so well for us yeah. and we well, want to share this with people it's well, we not would, expensive we investment we wouldn't do it if we didn't believe in it yeah and we believe in the whole culture of your business and this is an easy way 10 minutes a day to create a great culture this is you look forward to I go on and on about it. A little more than 10 minutes. I mean, ideally, the system, my videos are six to eight minutes. Ideally, what you would do after that six to eight minute video every day is have a brief five. I have to sell these people here and tell them 10 minutes. <laughs> no, it might take between 10 and 15 minutes, yes. But. Um, You're killing me. I know, yeah. But this is the idea. This is what we do. Well, I mean, if you, if you don't. If you, I mean, I think the lessons work if, even if you don't have a conversation after, because, and then it's super quick. It's six to eight uh, minutes. The conversation makes it so much strength, strengthens the whole communication, strengthens the culture, strengthens the questions. It shows the owner and the managers buy into the importance of it, number one. So if they buy into it fully, then the staff will buy into it too. But also, it's when you put it in the terms of the jobs that they're actually doing, yeah. I think it helps. Yep. And that's the thing. If the owner's not going to buy in, don't sign up. Yeah. Just don't bother. Yeah. It, you got to buy in. It's a kind of a zero-sum game. So, anyway, we're heading to Vegas. That was a little bit of a rant today, but we just we want our fellow owners to have better lives. And, and more fun at work yeah. and to do that they need to think more openly and pick their head up like Larry said it worked for us and a couple nuggets towards you as another blue collar service business owner or if you know one it would be great so pass this podcast along if you could check out morningtechmeeting.com send us some emails ask us questions let us be of service yeah, Go to, and go to the website take a look at it yeah there's a lot of value there just watching the videos and you get value. That's the idea to bring folks value. That's the idea. So, all right, you guys have a great week. Oh, we need the outro music. Oh, do that. There we go. Right, there we go. All right, we might send another podcast from the show and uh, the experience. Let's do it. You guys have a great day. We'll see you. Bye.